You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, welcome to the Football Shed podcast, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. Um, my name is Jeff King. Roger Gibbs is here. <laughs> Hello, Jeff. You remembered. Was that pretty good? Yeah. Well, you remembered the important bit about, you know, saying who we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you here? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. John isn't here with us tonight. Um, for those who are not part of the Shedders and Volleys, Volleys community, we've had a bit of a tough week in, um, in the football shed land. So, as you know, as you might have heard on the last shed we recorded a few weeks ago, John had a bit of a husky voice and wasn't feeling himself. Things um, took a turn for the worse after that, and John was admitted into hospital on Sunday morning. Uh, unfortunately, things took a bit of a turn for the worse after that, and John was in uh, sent to intensive care. His his heart and his kidneys and his lungs packed up, and um and things were looking pretty bad. However, it's been a really good week, and and I'm chuffed to bits to say that John's back with us. Um, or at least he's not left us, which is which is what matters. And um, after careful consideration, you know, Roger and I didn't know whether the shed would continue, whether the season would continue, whether we'd ever do this again. But I was in the hospital visiting John today, and he said, "Fuck it, just do it." So, um, you know, John's awake now; he's uh, ready to go, and we're um, looking forward to him listening to this whilst he's uh, sitting there bored as hell in in the hospital. And he's definitely still John, which is important. <laughs> But I, we must also apologise um, for the sound quality and the rather ramshackle uh, shed this week in that um, John is the glue that holds us together and he's also our resident technical expert. So uh, Jeff and myself will do our best to um, fudge things and make it up as we go along. Until we get that boy back on his feet so he can come fucking fix our podcast. And we will be a... <laughs> smooth functioning <laughs> city machine but you know it has reminded us all in these last two weeks that um you know life is fragile and be grateful for everyone you have hug your children say you love your wife and you know embrace what you've got because things can be quite delicate you know but we're here aren't we and we got football. And we got football. It was great to wake John up. I didn't wake John up. I'm not a doctor. The doctors <laughs> wake John up. But it was great to be there after John woke up and um and tell him that he only missed the international week. And really, who gives a shit about international football? And I could I did my, my test on how cognitively sound he was by going, John, so DCL scored for England. He's like, Yeah. Like, so where do you think he scored from? He goes, The six yard box. I'm like, yes, John's back. You know, you could have told John that. England won the Euros. Oh, we could, I was thinking of telling him it was like 2028. 20, and, and we won the Euros and then the World Cup. Just like fucking Spain. with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that would have been mean. Really, really yeah, mean to him. But also exciting. Also super and exciting. To, yeah, he found out. He'd have loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, so what are you drinking this week, Rog? Well, Jeff, I am on the uh, Brew... Brew Art? Brew Art? Brew Heart. Hayes Jones, which is actually delicious. Um, it's from Germany, our friends over in Germany. A double dry hopped double IPA. Mm. It is. It's a good double one. dry liquid. Hayes Jones, definitely <laughs> a good. One. And now, Jeff. More importantly, <laughs> what are you drinking? I've got week? no fucking idea. <laughs> what is this? 
Amundsen. What is this, Roger? It's Roger brought me a beer this week. Brewery. I think it's uh, Danish. Danish, great. Great. Rog brought me a beer this week because I had nothing in the fridge and um, my kids were asleep. We couldn't leave the house. Um, That's I've, a Roger fridge beer. That is a ro- This is the type of beer you have in your fridge? Yeah. This is outrageous. It's got rainbows on it and diamonds and it's 7%. So this is just what you have on a regular Tuesday Arvo in the Gibbs house. Yeah. You're mental. You're bloody mental. I need the strong stuff in my house. Um. Okay, so we start... I don't know what the spiel does... John does in the beginning, so I'm going to just start with I think the question. You've already done right? it. Um, you did it. No, he does that. Um, email us at football shed. Oh, if anyone wants well, there to, you go. Uh, just done yeah, it. Yeah, email us. Email. At, what is it? Football shed podcast at gmail.com. Well, there we email go. us. There you go. Um, and we've got a Facebook group. Yeah, called Shedders and Volleys. I think John calls it the community. <laughs> oh, the community. The sorry. community. Anyway, we've got to start with the question. We always start with the question. Are you ready, Rog? I'm ready. Danny Ings is only the fourth player in Premier League history to score four consecutive appearances against sides he previously played for. <laughs> Scored in four consecutive appearances against sides he previously sides sides teams teams yeah you know, I mean what else would I have meant by that? Well, no, but I'm just wondering whether like against more than one did it like. So, okay. For two different teams. No, 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 no. So against sides he previously played for. Yeah. So four consecutive games yeah. against sides he previously played for. Okay. Can you name the other three? Uh, so it's got to be someone that has moved around a bit. That is just deduction of the top, of the highest order. Yeah. They've got to have played for at least three others. They've oh got God, to have played for at least yes. four sides. Oh God. I'm just trying it's to John, bring this. back John. Uh, they've got to play for at least four sides. Is that also correct? That is that is also correct because they've scored against four sides that they've played for. Um, Two of them I think you'd get if you sat here Mark for a few Hughes? hours. No, incorrect. Um, Andy Cole. Incorrect. You're going to give me a clue? I'll give you a clue. Um, one of them, uh, every time he signed for a club, he said it was his boyhood dream to play for that club. (laughs) Including when he went to LA Galaxy. Oh, there's a clue. There's a clue. David Beckham? No. Galaxy. Beckham didn't... Okay, you're going to get nowhere with this. It's a tricky question. I'll give it. It's a tricky question. Robbie Keane? Robbie Keane. Don't you well, remember every time he went anywhere? Oh, you know, when I was young, this was no, my, this was my dream. Think, I mean, he definitely fits the definition of like a high-quality journeyman. Yeah, but a journeyman. Yeah, but definitely yeah. journeyman. Jermaine Defoe. Ah, uh, yep. And this okay. one's a surprise. Wilfred Boney. Swansea. Mm-hmm. Man, Man City. City. Did he go to Stoke? Yeah, maybe he did go to Stoke. And another one. Do you know, all I hear is, come on, Wilfred Boney. Was that his song? Score some goals for Swansea. Oh, God. That was when he signed. That was like his little jingle. Yeah. uh, When he, like, you know, you know, when he signed again? Yeah. Because he went back. Didn't he go back to Swansea? Yeah, he did after, was it after Man City went back to Swansea? Went back on loan. It was but never quite the same. For me, yeah, because he just got paid 300 grand a week to just sit down doing absolutely nothing for, for never playing for Man City. Yeah, true. Um, remember remember when he left Swansea, they, they, they had Oberfemi? Do you remember that? 
He did that like that predator walk on the floor when he scored a goal. He just like got down on his hands and knees and went. Oh, bleh, 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 bleh. Oberf- no, is that his name? No, you're thinking of Oberfemi Martin. No, no, no. His last name was Oberfemi. Gomez. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was amazing, wasn't it? Because it was like they sold Boney and then just they had another one. Like the Predator. Yeah, exactly right. They were just the same player. They've had a few, like, and they had uh, Michu. Michu was it. It was like another. Yeah. They had a, they had quite a lot of like I two, love two season wonders or one season wonders. Um. Anyway, so moving on to the football, I think it's probably fair to start on Chelsea losing five two to West Brom. Okay. Uh, because not because it's West Brom and, and Sam Allardyce and they scored five goals. Well, I mean, okay, that's a thing. That's a thing that exists. How I can't, can I just say as well? I Go quite on. like that we're going to talk about this because John um, has been quite vocal in his praise of little Tommy Tuchel. Yeah, and yeah. And perhaps you and me haven't been quite so quick to jump on board the Tommy train, and I'm still not convinced. And five two, perhaps, will change the narrative because I think the football world has decided that. Tuchel's great and is going to be a good fit for Chelsea yes. and things are going well. And does losing 5-2 to West Brom make you question the last, you know, how many, were they eight games unbeaten, I think, since he started? Yeah, he hadn't lost a single game, had he? he I think he'd drawn one and hadn't lost a single game. I mean, it's funny because you're you're right when you say the footballing world had decided he's really good. It's funny when that happens, isn't it? That, that when the whole footballing world decides something and suddenly you're you know you're mental for not Arteta. agreeing. Yeah, Arte- exactly right. Arteta, Arteta is a great example. Um, I don't think that losing five two five, you know five two to West Brom makes you a bad coach. I, what I'd like to to start with is how good West Brom were. I mean, they were excellent in this game. They they played flowing, quick, sharp football. That that um, it's amazing to see a Sam Allardyce team do it. And I don't know why. For, why do they let the shackles off when they're fucked? Why why don't why doesn't he come in and just do that? Sam's got that Maybe in him. Maybe it's time. I don't know. I, I don't know is the answer. But I mean, I do. You know, we remember Sam part the bus, but. Peak Sam Allardyce had more than that. Like I think of his Bolton side, mm. you know, he he had Yuri Jilkaev, JJ Okocha, Fernando Hierro, who was like the first midfielder centre back. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, all in the same team. These are like you know there was Matt, a, D- Davis, a lot of yeah. Uh, yeah, and then a massive lumper up front. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. You know they. They ha- he has he likes a flair player, mm. and I mean in this game it was Pereira, um, you know who who is the the, the flair if you like. I mean and Robinson to some extent, but Pereira was great. Um, I don't know, but yeah, is so. Uh, do you think is it Allardyce getting a bit of time, or is it that you know, as in you come in, what's the first thing you do? Right, I'm going to try and make a solid first, you know, grind out, get some mm. results. But maybe it's as simple as that hasn't worked, and so he's decided. Well, we got to try something else. So maybe we'll go out and play, or maybe it's maybe it's just a one-off. I mean, it's probably just a one-off because every time West Brom have shown that they're going to do something this year, and every time they pick up a good result. Remember, everyone was banging on about how Sam Allardyce was amazing after was it the Liverpool draw? You remember that? It was like, oh, Sam Allardyce is the the bee's knees. Look at how he does it with twenty percent possession. But then the next game, they don't back it up and. 
it, so I do I do think that they've got to string a couple of results together. I do think they're they're probably still doomed anyway. But well, they there's eight games left, and there there's an eight point gap between them and Newcastle. So it's totally which possible, is, which is a lot. But you would say that they need to win at least five of their last eight games, the, possibly the, six. That then, is an awful lot of wins, but you know it can happen. We saw Leicester do it when they stayed up, and then minus fourteen on a goal difference compared to Newcastle too. So, so it's, it's a big. I mean, it's a big. It's gap. pretty unlikely. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> yeah. un- very unlikely. But wouldn't it be? You know, I. There's definitely an element here to, you know, do you cling on grimly mm. and, you know, try not to get, you know, try and be competitive and go down, you know, by five points, four points? Or do you just go, you know what, I'll take the handbrake off, we'll go out all guns blazing mm. and we'll give it a crack this way. And if we go down without winning another game, but the fans have a good time you know so what but i suppose there's also an element and i think this is where fans would get frustrated with someone like an allardyce coming in i mean we've talked about a bit with norwich and you you know you're quite effusive in your praise of norwich in terms of they were set up if they were going to go down they then make sure they've got everything in place to come back up and part Mm. of that is being confident that you know, the team that goes down and how are you going to play and then transitioning into the championship. And I do worry with someone like a Sam Allardyce and we're saying let the hand break off at West Brom, but then what happens next year when they're back in the championship? Sam Allardyce still the manager? Is it half the team going to, you know, should they should they actually now be preparing for the championship? Well, they should. I mean, they always should with their league position, but he has a clause in his contract that says that either the club or the manager can decide to cancel the contract if they get relegated. So they both have to agree to the strategy for next year. And, and that that will be tough because Sam Allardyce will want money. And then if you're going to start giving him money to build a side to come out of the championship, you know, um, it's Has he not... ever done it before? Like we know, we, yeah, we, we know about him fighting fires and keeping sides up. Has he ago. ever got a side promoted? Who was it? I can't, oh, Jesus. John would know. I can't remember, but he has. He has got a side promoted. Was it West Bolton, Ham? Maybe. Um, but he he has done it. It's just whether it's whether he's the man that you know. Okay, so let's say he does it right. Let's say that they they both agree that that's the right thing. They give him some money and he, and they go down. So what kind of football are you going to get when you get back up to the Premier League? What are you going to do then? It, you are suddenly where you are now, having spent more money to be there and. You didn't want Sam Allardyce before you were fucked. So so what why do you suddenly want to do this now? Doesn't make any sense to me. Um well, so they did I, it to stay. I think it was short term thinking. They did yeah, it to stay, it to stay up. up yeah. yeah. And and it was it was a fair bet to stay up. I you know, I I've got a feeling that this game is a response to the pressure being off. That they lost enough games for them to think we're down already. And it's from players, you know. They're they're volleying it in. Which does happen. We see that. Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, who, that goal was great. Yeah, um, volleying it in from the from the edge of the area of side foot volley. It's just brilliant. Is that Robinson or Pereira? Goal? Robinson, I think. Robinson, um, yeah. and that's just you don't do that if you're under pressure. You do that when you're confident. And I'm not saying they're confident because they're winning. What I mean is that this kind of this this chain around their neck 
has mm. just been removed because they think they're down anyway. And because of that, they can start expressing themselves. What I would be frustrated about if I was a West Brom fan is I'd be looking at going, well, if you can do that, not saying, yes, you can beat Chelsea every time you play them, but if you can express yourself that, like that on the park, what have you been doing? And that, mm. I'd say, is Sam Allardyce's fault. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. It's well, five... yeah. You look at someone like Pereira. Like it's not one out of the box. He was excellent in the championship mm. last year and did things like this on a fairly regular basis. And he, you know, he certainly hasn't done it as much this year in the Premier League. And, and well, you know, wonder particularly when since Sam Allardyce has come in and how much of that is, you know, kind of having his natural instincts, you know, stymied by a naturally cautious manager who just wants to try and, you know do everything you can not lose yeah yeah um let's talk about chelsea briefly um other we we gave little tommy a bit of abuse but we didn't actually talk about them. do you know the thing the chain the turning point in this game the thing that surprised me was obviously the sending off mm-hmm. now this is a very very experienced international player mm-hmm. Charlie Silva, captain of his country Mm-hmm. What was he doing? <laughs> like it was just a terrible, terrible. T- He's already on a yellow card as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It-, it was such a bad challenge. Like on the edge of the box, two-footed scissor. It was just one of those ones. As soon as he did it, you're like, "Well, you're gonna get sent off." Like that. I just was. Re- I found it really bizarre that that was the decision that he went with. Yeah. So early in the game too. So his first yellow card was in like the fifth or sixth minute so he's obviously come out of the blocks chomping at the bit and can't control himself and hasn't been able to calm himself down before the 30th minute when he gets sent off and and he's still jumping in and diving I mean to to West Brom's credit they were playing a really fast football and it's easy to get caught off guard or caught a bit late with that but when you're on a yellow card you just don't risk it It, it's um it's hard to look at this from a Chelsea perspective the the thing so Mason Mount scored right scored a good goal and I don't. I'm not going to be anti Mason Mount here, but I tell oh, you, you can be because I don't. I, I'm still a bit unconvinced. Oh, this is like we're living in the twilight zone here. It's got a real pea head. He does have. He does have a pea head. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you can call him pea head if you want. I'll see if it sticks. Um, there is a. There is this rhetoric around Mason Mount being underrated, right? You heard that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's heard that. So everyone's everyone's banging on about how no one is giving Mason Mount credit. And if you don't think Mason Mount's the greatest footballer of all time, you're an idiot. And people like Gary Lineker and... And, and Gareth um, loves him, so we've all got to love him. That's too. what I mean. Everyone's coming yeah. out and going, if you can't see it in Mason Mount, there's there's all these great like quotes this week going, oh, you know, we thought it was just Frank Lampard being naive, but now Tommy Tuchel's put him in. He must be amazing. And I'm like, for fuck's sake. So now there's almost this, it's almost gone full circle, that if you don't like him, everyone's calling you an idiot, which makes me not like him. <laughs> that, I, I thought he was all right, but now I'm being called an idiot for just thinking he was all right. I'm like, well, actually, no, fuck this kid. I'd, I'd, I'd rather play Madison or Grealish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just just because now I'm being told I'm stupid for not liking him in the first place. And it's just going to go round and round in circles. To be, to be fair, the kid's a good footballer. I get it. Like, I'm not an idiot. I get it. I can see that. But, but the- I've just, my thing with him is he's a good footballer. But I'm not sure he has it in him to be a great footballer. And. Gary Lineker would be punching you up the nuts, right? I think he's got a level. I think he's got a 7 out of 10 level. And I just... I would put him behind... They're slightly different players, but I would put him behind Grealish and Madison because I think they have 
more natural ability and can change a game and more potential. Is he better than play. Foden? Um, no. And, I, and obviously Foden's got a bit of time on him as well. Look, I think he's a very... He's a, he's a functional footballer. <laughs> and I can see why coaches like him because he does what he's told... And he works quite hard, and he's you know he's fairly good on the ball. To be fair, he's probably you know if he was a um, European, we'd all love him and think he's. So great, you, you but... think he's like a young Mark Noble? That's what you're describing. Yeah, <laughs> like I just well Mark Noble never played for England though, but I I just. But would of... he have if Gareth was there? Yeah, probably. Maybe I I just think he's not. He's not going to I don't think he's going to change a game. I don't think he's going to run a game. I don't think he's going to change a game. He's like he's just a part of the the machine and and I think I think that can be a bit of a waste. I think we've got players that can do more. I mean, I get it cuz maybe he's a bit better defensively, so you could play him in a midfield three if you like and he'll take on that responsibility so, so you don't think he is a once in a generation talent that should be should be nourished don't. and maintained no it's no. interesting because because that is that is what is being rammed down our throats right now and don't get me wrong i i, I can't disagree with it with gusto i'm not going to turn around and tell you it's not because every time i see him he looks pretty good yeah but i i've really i've not drank the kool-aid yet and and it, I find it kind of feel, I don't know why, right? Tell me if this is strange, but I feel like if he's a once in a generational talent, I'm just a bit disappointed with life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. expect the that's once... what I mean because he's yeah. kind of he's just he's functional. He want the once in a generational talents to just like well, to, I, I look to at blow the, you the, out of your De Bruyne, and every time I watch the Bruyne play, like I get excited about watching football. Yeah, because he sees things and does things that players don't do. I don't see Mount doing that. I just see Mount doing exactly what you expect him to do. He just does it quite well all the time. He's just a young, good attacking midfielder. Yeah. Which is fine. He can be that without yeah. being a once-in-a-generational talent. Yeah. And, and, you know... Like, I'd 100% I'd have him in I like, my squad. I like watching Phil Foden play, too. But I also... I, 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 hoped, I hoped and I dreamed that when... Like, when the one player who comes in our generation like when the next you player the you know, like when, when the not messy ronaldo comes when the when the 17 when, year when old neo, comes neo turns it'll be up. like boom who is this amazing kid who i've never seen do anything like that in my life like where's fucking Have ronaldinho seen kung fu hustle kung fu panda kung fu hustle <laughs> no oh it's a very good film okay there's a great like uh sort of coming of age moment like that in the film yeah okay i won't spoil it for you but that kind of no you know, like waiting for the hero to arrive type yes thing. it where's 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 ronaldinho how did you feel when you saw ronaldinho play football like it was like nothing you'd ever seen before in your life so when, when i'm looking at a once <laughs> was in my a... first reaction i think unfortunately my first reaction was probably something to do with his appearance but he was very 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 good at football but that's what i mean when you watched him you're like Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, and and it's because it was a once in a generation talent. But yes, you know, it... I I read maybe that's not maybe football's not like that. Like I read an interesting article the other day, which I I, I sent it to you and John. Um, but it was you know just talking. John about... probably hasn't read it. Uh, no, I think this is pre. Um, anyway, I can't remember. But 
um, pragmatism generally wins international competitions. Mm. There are very few international sides for decades that have won the Euros or the World Cup by blowing teams off the puck and by having these amazingly talented players, you know, just wow us and win games. And I mean, Messi Mm. hasn't done it for Argentina, right? And Messi is one of the greatest players ever. It's because they've had the worst defence in South America for the last 20 years. Ronaldo has obviously won an international tournament, but I would argue that that Portugal side won the Euros was pretty dour. They were not the best side in the, in no. the competition, yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, this, the article talked about maybe um, Spain, Spain 2006, Brazil 2002, that had a Ronaldinho mm. and, you know, the um, last hurrah of uh, Ronaldo and um, Rivaldo. Yeah, that was a great spot, And obviously, it, yeah. you know, Brazil in the 70s. Yeah. But there aren't that many. Like generally, it is the sides that are more pragmatic, and maybe Mason Mount fits nicely in that sort of model. In that he, you know, he can he can do the ugly bits quite well, and he's also, you know, he can he can do it. He can do everything quite well. So, That's what I mean. Can pass so should we run. be aspiring to that? Is that the future? Because if we're full of like, don't get me wrong, Phil Foden's got a bit more than that. He's got a bit more spark. I enjoy. It. He can pick a pass like like. No one else, you know, he's, he's a really good player. He's also if, got that ability to... Um, Grealish has got it too. Another player that springs to mind. They can drift past the player without mm. looking quick. Like they're, they're way quicker than you think, but they have that like innate ability to find space, which I don't think many players yeah, have. Yeah, I agree. And when you watch Grealish, he has that that Ronaldinho has. I'm not saying he's the same player, but he has that thing when he gets the ball... That you literally have no clue what he's going to do and what he does is beautiful. Like it's, it's good for Jack Greenish. But if we're full of the Declan Rice and the Mason Mounts of this of this pragmatist prag, pragmatic world, then it's just a bit sad. And I'm sorry because they're, <laughs> yeah. really, they're really, I'm good really at football. I rate, uh, Declan Rice. No, but right. that's what I mean. He's really yeah. good. I'm not saying they're not good. I don't have I don't have it in for him. I just think that the world's the world's a sad place if they're if they're the if they're the the peak. Then it's just a bit shit. It's a shit mountain if they're the top of it. So, <laughs> mount, mountain. You've been. Uh, were you waiting to get that in there? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, last thing I want to say on that: Are Chelsea gonna make top four or not? Oh, it's it's really tough. I I don't want to. Um, we'll get we'll get onto West Ham in a minute, I guess, because that's that's part of the same conversation. But Chelsea do play West Ham, I think, in two weeks, not next week, the week after, and we will know a lot more after that. I mean, on God, form, on, the fence there. on form, Chelsea deserve it, but on spirit, West Ham do. Well, it's West Ham Leicester this week, which becomes a massive game since third, fourth. Let's should we go to West Ham? Let's yeah, go. definitely West Ham. Um, so yeah, that's that's this weekend, um, which is a great game. Like, I love the fact that this is third versus fourth, mm. and it's West Ham Leicester, which I don't think many people would have predicted at the start of the year. Um, particularly with West Ham, and I mean this, this game was great. Again, they nearly let it go. I feel like the uh, there's been a couple of have, where West Ham was they have a game this year where they were three... last last week against Arsenal. They were three 0 up and drew three three. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they nearly Very did it. Two, nearly did it two weeks in a row. <laughs> Imagine um, that. But 
they they were great again it's all the thing and i mean all the things in this game were what we've talked about in terms of them having multiple avenues you know um to score a goal and you know different ways of playing and all their players know their role and play it well um and little lingard has been an absolute revelation yeah so to continue the theme I had so much fun watching Jesse Lingard play this weekend. So much fun. The the first goal was brilliant. He just ran forever. You know, ran forever, slotted it through. Nice That's run by Antonio to great run. Yeah, Antonio made the space. space. And and you know you can um uh, there was there was a great uh, reel of Donny Van Der Beek for Man United. Yeah. Uh, they. Like some someone someone on the internet was trying to argue that he should play man he should have been man of the match in United's last game even though he didn't touch the ball and they, and they highlighted three runs he made that created space for goal scorers and when you watch Antonio's run the space he made for Lingard was it was brilliant um but it was also the it's Lingard too, because it's the timing of the run one way yeah. and then the way that at that moment Lingard then cuts left and it's yeah, got, it yeah. all has to happen at the same time, and they've both got to make the right decision without communicating with each other. And that's what you love to see. And that's where coaching and stuff comes. Like some of it is gain that's awareness. Coaching. So let's coaching. just give Moy some credit they, for that. Yeah. That. And we've talked about what's Lingard done, what's he brought that's different. Mm. The thing he's brought that's different is is run, both mm. with the ball and without, and, and the ability to to run on past you know the the forward. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what he did for that goal. And it was a great finish too. Great finish, composed. Um, and, and then for the Bowen goal... Um, did he have six I mean, players? You, know, you mentioned this yeah. at the time, but he just drew all those players to all of gave them. Bowen they, the space. I, I genuinely think there were six players on Jesse Lingard by the time he gave Bowen the space. I'm like, they are swarming to you like a magnet. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely finish insane. Too, to give Bowen credit. But, I mean, but just, you know, it's funny going from Mason Mount to Lingard as well. In that I've also been quite excited by Lingard recently. Now I have never, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this. I've never been a Jesse Lingard fan. Yeah. And I used to get quite irate when Gareth used to pick him. Picked yeah. him in every England squad and every England team, and he always started him. And like, what does he do other than run around a lot? Doesn't do that much. I think that this time at West Ham is the best I've ever seen him play. I agree. I don't ever... I've never been excited by him. He's always just been another... Functional player. Another functional (laughs) player, you know? Or like a a less good Marcus Rashford for what he does. It seems like he's he's been surplus to requirements. I couldn't believe he kept getting the respect that he got. Um, But he obviously had a bad spell. I know that his personal life went whatever... I can't believe he's playing the way he's playing, and I absolutely love watching it. And I'm not even talking about that skill for the second goal off the byline where he did the the Berbatov flick, spun around and flicked over the yeah, player. Yeah. Oh, so good! Yeah. It's just so good. I didn't know he had, you know, he had that in his locker. And yeah, I mean, it, it has given West Ham another dimension because mm. they, you know, that it was something that they didn't have. And yeah, and again, Antonio was good, and Suchek was good, and they're solid at the back, apart from when they nearly like. You know, he got three, it away three again, nil yeah. up, and you know you can tell it's it's not necessarily. It was just it was the game. It was a mindset. It was yeah. the Moyes team gets three nil up, doesn't, and know, what to do. doesn't yeah. know what to do, and presses self destruct. Yeah. Um, and I was pleased to see the young kid from Wolves um, get a goal because he 
um, he's struggled a bit this year. Which one, Neto? Or... No, um, Silver. Silver, yeah. yeah. You know, big money and um, just hasn't happened for him. But, and you, you've got to think, um, got to, uh, Troy already had a good game and it's yeah. good because he hasn't had a very good season. So it's good that he, um, yeah, his that, run, that he run performed. Was brilliant for the first goal. It was. It was Amazing. a bloody end-to-end game of football. I love this game of football. Yeah. It was, it was super exciting. But it, what it does is put West Ham in fourth on merit with eight games to go, it's in their hands. Like, it's actually in their hands. I'm pretty sure, I've said this a couple of times recently, I'm pretty sure you had them going down this year. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. They yeah. are, yeah, with eight games to go, they're in fourth. It's amazing. I mean, you have to think that they get overhauled. But, I mean, it's a bit... But then why? Why do you have to think like, that? Tot- Tottenham, played... Tottenham are three points off fourth. Have they been... Good this year? No, they, really. no they, they genuinely haven't been good. But so why? You why just can't said West Ham? Do yeah, you just yeah. said it. You, you've got to think that yeah. they'll that they'll drop. It's been thirty games. Thirty games. It's not just they, they haven't found themselves winning the league in in November. Do you know? And it's like we we had a good run. We had a good run of fifteen games, and everyone's chuffed a bit. Yeah, thirty games is a pretty good sample size. And, and I mean, I do. It's interesting. I think where Moyes really struggled at United was he was just overawed. And he's yeah. never been anywhere like that. And you know, in those instances, the the you know whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, and whatever the sport is, you either lift because you realise the position you're in and you've stepped up, and you step up too, and it goes really well, or it goes really badly. Mm. It's generally not much of a middle ground, and it went really badly. However, in this position where he's out of West Ham now, he's been here before. Yeah, he got Everton. You know, into the Champions League, got Everton into fourth with a you know an, a, an unfashionable club. I mean, probably you know, West Ham arguably have more resources than Everton, but they're still a club. Well, than Everton did at the time. More yeah. than Everton yeah. did at the time. Nobody expects mm. West Ham to be up here, so I think you know he can. That's real experience that he can draw on, and so you'd have to say, well, maybe they can do that because they've actually got a you know, a, ma- a manager that's been there before. I, I Look, I would love it. I'd absolutely love it if West Ham got in the Champions League. I, I just don't think they will. I have no reason to believe they won't. And, and, that's, and that's simply because, as I said, it's a great sample set of, th- of 30 games. Their running isn't that bad. I, why, yeah. why can't they? Like, why not? They beat Leicester and they're only a point behind them. And that, you know... That's massive. It's yeah. massive. The game against Chelsea, I'd say it will be a big game. Um, so they got Leicester and then Chelsea. And then Chelsea, the next week. yeah. So, I mean, huge. there's their season. It's absolutely weeks. huge. Um, speaking of Spurs, you see the 2 2 draw with Newcastle. Yes. I mean, Harry, Harry Kane's good. Harry Kane's good. Two good finishes. Spurs are shit. And. Newcastle probably did the best I've seen them do in a long time. Yeah, they've got a few players back. So uh, Almiron's back. St. Maximan's back. Yeah, he provided an assist, didn't he? Wilson is nearly back. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's going to help him. <laughs> Everyone well, gives him. He's no, no, no. Everyone's he was, saying it. Everyone's like, oh, when, when they, they had their Callum little, Wilson back, when like, they oh, had their little times are tough spell. Of, yeah. Where, uh, that and they beat sort Everton. Of uptick in form, and they beat Everton. Callum Wilson was brilliant in that yeah. game. Seven. Now, I, I think he's, you know, he's not a world beater, but he offers them a bit more than um, he has Joe a place, Linton, doesn't he? Even though Joe Linton, Joe Linton scored. scored, yeah, yeah. wonder goal, wasn't it? Should have scored another, but um, 
Look, I, I don't know. I mean, that's certainly positive that Newcastle were getting the right, you know, those players back at the right mm. time. And I completely agree with you. This is the best I've seen them for weeks, and they're a little bit more positive than they have been. Although there's a little bit of me that, you know, feels like were they just positive or made to look positive because they were playing a Jose Mourinho team? And, you know, it's a Jose Mourinho team. Yeah, it's hard. And Steve Bruce will go back to being dour the next game. I, look, you'd have to back them in to stay up, given those players coming back in. However, it's going to be tight. I don't see them suddenly you know, pulling away dramatically. I just, I don't think they're good enough and I, I don't think Steve Bruce is a, is a good enough coach. So I, I, I think they're going to be fighting for it um, right up until the, you know, the final day. I think so too, but I think they'll stay up. I think Fulham have missed too many opportunities to pick up points to actually put the pressure on. So so, so bottom three is bottom three? I think so. I, th- I think Newcastle will stay up not, because of merit, not on merit of Newcastle. I think Fulham have just squandered momentum and they keep losing and losing poorly, even though they're playing well. And and I think they're just going to look back on all those draws and, and just yeah, shake their head. You, just, you can't do that and stay up. Um, but I do think, you know, when Newcastle pick up good results, give them credit because that doesn't happen very often. Um, and to be fair, Steve Bruce is still there and the players are still fighting for him. And, for all of our opinion externally, it does still seem like the players are in the right headspace to be where they are right now with Steve Bruce, which which is credit yeah. to him for what's going on behind the scenes because well, he's got there a lot was, of pressure. There was a bit of um, talk of there was a player revolt talk recently with the spy. Oh uh, yeah, but I don't know whether that was resolved. Things he doesn't do that himself any favors, Steve Bruce. No, like I heard an interview with him after this game where he goes. Oh, you know, the last last few weeks, last month, we've not played very well, and but we've not won many games, but we've you know kept getting runs on the board. Those points, just a few points, just tallying up. I'm like, oh, listen to you, <laughs> like, come on, that is not what you want to hear. You, and he's like, well, compared to December, we wouldn't win any games. At least we're getting points on the board. I'm like, Steve, mate, no one likes that. Mm. You should be going. We're still not winning. This still isn't good enough. It's just like even those comments just strike me as someone who is just accepting mediocrity too comfortably well but they I mean I think also he knows he's in a relegation fight and to be honest Mike Ashley doesn't care and as mm. long as he finishes 17th every year he's happy yeah he's, he's still an in, asset to sell be in the Premier League and you know still turn the profit um, I would I don't really want to talk more about that game because it wasn't particularly exciting but I do want to talk about Southampton and Burnley. Oh yeah, go on. Because I didn't. Ex- I I watched this game because mm. it was the the early game and the clocks have changed here, which is great. Um, but I didn't watch the very start of the game because I expected it to be a bit dour. Because <laughs> sorry if there's any Burnley fans out there, but you know that's the automatic assumption with the Burnley game. You don't jump out of your seat. Oh, with wait, that as the early game, making friends this week, Rog. Yeah, <laughs> but it was great. It was really, really good. It was like, you know, end-to-end, some great goals, different kinds of goals. Yeah. Like, I, I still, I do kind of, I like that Burnley are a bit archaic with their, like, you know, big man um, 
big man, small man would, up front. Up yeah. front. Um, but when it works, it makes you go, why yeah. doesn't everybody he's do good. this? Like, he's a good lumper. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's good in the air. His, his finishing's okay. His touch's okay. And, it, I mean, um, but it's a weird game in that I think Southampton were great, mm. apart from, like, the first 20 minutes, the first half hour, when yeah. they were crap. But then they were really good the rest of the game and probably should have won uh, by more. Um, I thought Nick Pope made some good saves and you know Southampton missed a couple of chances and they, you know they were comfortably the better team. Yeah, but but the scoreline doesn't represent that. They nearly yeah. they nearly fucked up being the better team, which is yes. probably the story of their season. Yeah, maybe a bit. I think, but it's also it's obviously massive for them having Ings back. Yeah, um, that bloke is a really, really good, good footballer. Yeah, I mean. It's hard, isn't it? Because if you're a Southampton fan and you listen to this, I'm really sorry that the first thing I'm going to say is, should he go somewhere else? However, Danny Ings is an exceptional striker and you'd argue that... Well, but he went to Liverpool and it didn't work. Yeah, but he also he got an injury straight away, didn't he? He had an injury and then he, and then he couldn't fight back for his place and, and then he moved on. So I, I think that he is a naturally gifted centre-forward in the same vein as Aguero. But you don't... Well, he's not... I don't think he's... Aguero. No, no, no. In the same vein. Yeah, the same vein. yeah he's like a nat- natural. He's a na- he can score yeah. so many types of goal and he's composed. That second goal in this game where he, where he ran, he took on a defender, so out-muscled a defender, took on a defender, got into the box, took a touch and then put it through the keeper's legs. Yeah, the way he cuts back inside. Oh, and it, that yeah. is just a, that's an extra level of composure as a striker. He's, he's way quicker than you think he's going to be yeah. as well. But I want, like, you say that, but I wonder whether he's just one of these strikers who is really good, but needs to be the main man and plays well at like a you know mid-level team, but it just doesn't quite work when he goes somewhere mm. else. Because I think, I mean, all I'm basing this on is that at Burnley, he was really good. Yeah. And then he got his big move and didn't work out. And now he's gone back to Southampton and he's really good again. But I agree with it. And I thought that goal, initially I thought the defenders made an error. Yeah. And he still may have because maybe he gets gets wrong side. So there's a um, it's, it's nice football by Southampton. The ball gets played through. I can't remember who played the pass for him, but um, and sort of Ings has got the run, and you're like, well, the defender's got it covered, and then all of a sudden he hasn't, and Ings is running past him, and he's through on goal. And initially I was like, well, has the defender stumbled there? And then actually I think sort of Ings almost just just did him by, yeah, like, him. by yeah, letting yeah. The, the ball go and he does out muscle him and then he just he's too quick and the defender can't get back and it's you know he's going to score like yeah. when he's running through it's not like I mean and we can debate it till we're blue in the face about whether Calvert-Lewin or Danny Ings should be playing for England and they're very very different players but if Calvert-Lewin had the same chance he'd have missed it I I think that Danny Ings is a better footballer than I agree. He's a better striker than than Calvert Lewin. Yeah. Calvert Lewin is very good at what he does. That's it. What he but, did. Calvert Lewin yeah. is a mason mount of centre forwards. Yeah. He 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 is a function I to just his don't traits. Know if, you know? if you are asking me, choice: Do I take DCL or Danny Ings to Euros? Mm. I would take Danny Ings. See, it's interesting because if you were asking me. Who's a better striker? Who are who would I want in my team? I'd say Danny Ings because he'll he'll miss fewer chances and you can play a different type of football. But if you were to ask me which player is best suited to this England side, I'd say DCL. 
because there is such a focus on balls into the box that Calvert-Lewin, if he's going to get a 10 out of 10 at anything, it's being in the right place at the right time in the six-yard box. And actually, he's better than Danny Ings at that. So if your football team does yeah. that, then who do you want? You want you want a cog for a hole, you know, sorry, a peg for a hole. You know, a cog for a machine, don't you? You don't want Danny Ings in this England side wouldn't have space to run. Wouldn't have space to be Danny Ings. Yeah, maybe. And I want like I think if you had a two, you might play DCL because I think we've you, seen him. You know, with Richard. I mean, I know Evan don't necessarily play a two, but but I when think, they when they do, it does, it goes well. Yeah. yeah, depending on the midfield. Um, but no, it was just a. It was an unexpected uh, treat, this game. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, without um, like skipping over too many games, I think we must mention um, Arsenal's horrible performance against Liverpool. Yeah. They yeah. were really bad? Would you say really bad or really, really bad? I think Liverpool were good. Okay, but Arsenal? Limp. Very limp. <laughs> like, you know... The- this is a this was a big game for them. This is a game where they show we're not a team in tenth. You know we should be up there challenging for still top six, still top six for, for Europe. And it didn't look like that. It looked like a team in tenth playing a team challenging for the top four. Yeah, okay. And it was kind of like you felt like Arsenal had sort of accepted their part in that. Um, they so, they were poor. They you know they were really poor, and I think they've just got. Um, you know, you feel like this was a game where it's like a showpiece game, you know, and there is an opportunity for the, those players to show that they're, they're mm. good enough. And and I could someone uh, I'm still yet to be convinced uh, with Pepe, and the jury's very much still out. Like seventy five million, and he's oh, I think he's a one trick pony, and he's not as good at it as Mares. And I just don't think he's got the, you know, he's, I don't see him as the player that is going to get Arsenal back Yeah. to to sort of challenge. And I think they've got a few players like that. I think they've got some very promising youngsters, but they've just got an odd mix. And I, I mean, I'm still yet to be convinced by Arteta. And if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be disappointed in this because I don't, Oh, would you say the effort was there from the from the Arsenal play? It was like almost were like overawed a bit, or they'd accepted the result before the game, before well, they were out of it. I think to continue a theme for the last month or so, talking about Arsenal. I mean, they so they had thirty six percent possession, which is poor, which is so poor for a home side. They only had three shots versus Liverpool's sixteen. They were completely outclassed here, mm. and so you probably hit the nail on the head when you said they seemed like a team in tenth playing a team up the top of the table because essentially Arsenal are a team that are 10th like we we have a we have a system in place that judges football teams yeah. and after 30 I feel like we've been saying this about yeah. all year and after 30 games you get a pretty good gauge of how good a football team is and when Arsenal are sitting in 10th that means they're the 10th best football team in the country now I mean, I don't want to, want to sound like I'm going over old ground here, but they, when they play like that, we shouldn't be surprised. We should expect it because the gauge that we have in place says that they're they're probably a team that should sit around but mid-table. Do you think they should be based on the players they've got, though? I think they should be mid-table based on the players they've got. I really, really yeah, okay. do. I, I, I mean, they they have picked up a couple... 
Odegaard was a, was a great signing. Pepe, I agree with you. I think it's, um, you know, it, I want to know what happened behind the scenes for that signing because it's a lot of money for a player that isn't good enough for that much it's money. It's like they looked at his stats in the French League and said, oh, he scored quite a lot of goals without looking that quite a few of them were penalties and free kicks. Yeah. And... Oh, I just think I just think there's something going on there that's that's really dodgy. Um, Lacazette, we all know, is hit and miss. He, he's he's like Martial, but you know, probably less skillful. I'm gonna say. Oh, he's, yeah, um, I think he's. I yeah, I kind of agree with. You. He's 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 flaky. And I'm, I'll just keep on ripping into him. I think Bemiang is getting old. He's not the player that we all remember him, and he's just signed a big fat contract. So when it comes to motivation levels, he's playing for a side in tenth, earning Ozil type money. I just don't think that's. A, a clever plan for for Arsenal. Caballos is really average. I mean, yeah, at least they weren't play. playing El Nenny in the midfield. But Tyranny is a great left back. Callum Chambers is an average right back. Rob Holding. I mean, should Rob Holding be playing? He used to play for Bolton. Yeah, should he be playing for Arsenal? Should he be their starting centre back? No, really. If, if you have no, pardon me, he should be playing as a starting centre back for a team sitting tenth. Yeah, that, that's yeah, what yeah, this is. What, this is my point. Yeah. Um, Gabriel, uh, I think, is a, is a good player. But then there's also some weird signings there. I mean, the, the, uh, William Saliba, you know, there was a lot of talk about him for the start before the start of this year. Had a good pre-season. Um, couldn't get in the team. It's gone, you know, back on loan to, in, yeah. in France again. And, you know, there's a, the people were raving about him. That's 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 it. I, I don't think... I think they're, they're fishing in the same pond as Aston Villa, Leeds... Everton and and they and they need to either accept that or try harder. What, like and, and I would say, like, you know, it's not a slight on those other teams. I think those other teams have been excellent at times this year yeah. and played some really good football. And Arsenal have played some good football at times too. Mm. But yeah, I, I agree with you know when maybe the table doesn't lie, but when you break it down beyond that to the players, I think you know the teams that are battling out for fourth. Of are better. I I, I agree. But, but I still. Agree, but I yeah. think it would. Arsenal fans would find it hard. And I, I mean, I. You you can't necessarily fault the result if you think the right attitude is there. Yeah. You know, so I know it's a, but it wasn't. A, a they, gave up, they gave up. And I don't know if it was because yeah. I don't. You, what you don't want to see is not. You want to see a desire from these players mm. to get Arsenal back to being the challenger, which is very recent history. Like, that's what you want to see. You don't necessarily want to see them there right now. You know they're not the finished article, but you want to have faith that your young manager has a plan, and that he's starting to put mm. in place a way of playing and the players that will get them back there. And I don't know if you'd get that as an Arsenal fan watching this game because I just sort of, um, yeah, it was like they'd accepted the the, the result and, and it was like they didn't have a way of, of being out. But you watch, I reckon there'll be a clear out in the summer, I'm sure, because Arteta's looking at this going, either the players go or I go. It's what yeah. one it's one of us because this isn't good enough for Arsenal Football Club. And they have backed him enough and his philosophy and they've changed the youth system and you know they are they are backing this concept you know that so to so to such a degree that the players are going to go before Arteta so I expect the clear out I, I really do and, and I expect it to the players who but aren't who trying. are they going to clear out because well, they're not going to get rid of Aubameyang he's just signed a you know big new deal I think Lacazette will go I think that if they can get any money for Pepe he'll go um, they won't get rid of Pepe well if 
They're probably because they I think they're paying him off, but paying installments. Remember, it was seventy two mil. Oh yeah, but it's five years install, worth of and money. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that if they cancel it, they have to. Oh jeez, and I don't mean to just rip it because I feel bad when we just spend five minutes saying a club shit and picking it apart piece by piece. I, I, I feel I feel slightly guilty to those who have to sit here and listen to it and are taking a personal offence by it. But there needs to be a um, kind of a recognition of of what you're aiming for and what you need to do to get there and what's not good enough. And just changing your manager, just changing Arteta will not fix the problems you have. You have 11 problems on the pitch and those all need fixed. But, I, well, I think they've got, you know, there's, you talked about Tierney. Okay, Tierney, uh, Gabriel was a, was a good Saka, signing. He's a, he's a good defender. Um, Saka. Smith Rowe. Yeah, there's, there's hope there. Martinelli. But like, he's not playing them. No, he's not. I mean, that's, I'd get frustrated with that and maybe... Players like Aubameyang and Lacazette are part of the issue in that, yeah. um, you know, they are on big money and they sort of almost by right, you know, should be playing every week. But that's at the expense of some of the youngsters. Maybe they, you know, Arsenal need to realise, well, we are in 10th and are those players going to be here or be the ones that get us back up to fourth? They're probably not. And this year, when you think of the times that Arsenal have been good or the times where you've enjoyed watching them and they've been playing Saka... Smith Rowe, yeah. they've been playing the kids, and that's when they're most entertaining. Well, it's about entertainment, yeah, but you know them. what I mean. Well, Sabalos is a weird one. Like we'll we'll move on, but like he, you know, he's there on on loan again, and I just you know he was there last year, and I didn't think he was that great, and he's there this year, and I don't think he's that great. And is he really that invested in the club as mm. a loan signing? I don't know. If Why wouldn't you be playing Smith Rowe? Like in the same spot, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. To, and yeah, you're right. To have two of their starting centre mids in this game be loanees, it makes you wonder what, like, what's wrong with the rest of you? what's wrong with your actual players. Yeah, big big problems there. Um, it's the Champions League this morning, Roger. Well, we should. Liverpool were great against Arsenal. Like, or well, Arsenal made it easy, but they were good. Trent Alexander-Arnold had a great game after being left out of the. England squad there's been a lot of talk about that again it's like Arsenal played into his hands all the time like there were so many occasions when he Liverpool won the ball back and like Alexander Arnold was in Mm. on you know the opposing fullback or in behind and if you give him time and space he's such a good crosser and passer of the ball Um, so positive for Liverpool and then this morning wasn't in that they Comp- fairly comprehensively beaten by I think they got I mean, battered, yeah. they, they got an away goal so they're still in it and you know they've obviously had some pretty um, significant European wins at home and, and turning around first leg deficit obviously the Barcelona game springs to mind but their home form recently has been poor but I just so Liverpool were three games unbeaten and I feel like they're sort of the feeling in recent weeks is that they've been playing better they've kind of got back a bit and mm. you know uh, he's been playing Fabinho in midfield again and Fabinho is excellent at the weekend in midfield and that's allowed Thiago to play a bit better um, Klopp changed that this morning and I'm going to ask you about that in, in, in just a minute but I just saw a couple of statistics about this game which just sort of put Liverpool season in perspective a bit so this was their ninth loss in 16 games Whoa. having been unbeaten for the last three that's really, really bad. That's 
terrible form, yeah. And um, um, yeah, uh, this they've had ten defeats in this calendar year. And it's only April. Yeah, and the last time they'd had ten defeats before May was um, in nineteen fifty-four, and they got relegated that year. Wow. So, you know, I mean, yes, they're still they they they've got a chance of finishing fourth, and they you know they might turn if they turn the uh, tie around, then we'll kind of all be back on board. But they they haven't been good this year, and I know there's been you know maybe it is as simple as Big Verge not there, but you know you talked with the defensive issues. One thing that you brought up a few weeks ago was is has Klopp been trying to overthink it a bit and. Um, you know, is it as simple as just the players being injured or is the whole thing with playing midfielders at the back and, you know, changing the positions, is that Klopp overthinking things? And this morning he played Naby Keita um, instead of Thiago. So mm. recently, you know, Fabinho and Thiago have been playing. They played at the weekend, played really well. Thiago's been really good recently. And then he started Keita. Now, I would argue that in a European game, particularly against someone like Madrid, do you go with the energy of Kiter, or do you go with like a te- more tempo player like Thiago where you're going to keep the ball and I kind of argue maybe, maybe that's not Klopp's natural way but against Madrid you probably want to keep the ball a bit and I, yeah. so I thought that was an odd choice away from home and then he subbed him off what two minutes before half time yeah and that that even that is a strange maneuver that doesn't make much sense to me um he got it wrong. He absolutely got his starting eleven wrong, and that the only one that you would say was incorrect was Cater for um, for Thiago, and for exactly the reasons you say. Why have someone who's almost sporadic and full of energy in a tie where you need to be composed and measured? Doesn't make any sense when you've got one of the most composed and most mm. measured players sitting on the bench. You know he's almost too composed and too measured sometimes, <laughs> Thiago, for my liking. Like he's he's not direct enough, but away at Madrid probably need that you know you probably need and especially when you're having some kind of erratic performances in other places on the pitch when you've got two center backs who are freshies really to to this Liverpool side when Alexander Arnold is going from good game to bad game to good game to bad game you want someone with so much composure to bring everyone into calm you know yeah. to make sure everyone knows just get the ball pass it to me I'm always an outlet and if Henderson's I'll not give there it. as well then yeah exactly right there's no yeah. leaders there telling them all to, to chill out and you're going you know if Thiago's there he'll say give me the ball I'll give it back to you or I'll give it to someone else but don't worry you won't lose it and you just you know, slowly build it Cater gets the ball and he turns and he runs yeah, and or he tries to find the pass that will also release him when he runs onto the the two of the one two. You know that's the way he plays, and if if you do that in the center of the park against Madrid against their midfielders, you're fucked. Mm. Like if you either have to do it perfectly or there's no point. You know Messi fails to do that. Yeah, and and, and so Naby Keita is not the solution. And I, I think you it saw would, the it, difference. It would work if Klopp's press was completely functioning and Liverpool were, you know, the team They were, press they were on, on they the were, trap, yeah. Yeah, they were playing, mm. you know, the, the Klopp's best, if you like, yeah. which is when it is, it's not about the individuals, it is that, you know, we press as a team and, you know, our press is our creativity and we, like, yeah. Keiter is good and in then you, that. You understand he would but, be releasing the ball yeah. in that system. But at the moment, 
you know whether it's as simple as personnel but they haven't got that that's off yeah and i think with that being off i i do i completely agree with you i think tiago was a better player um and do, you, do you think they can turn it around or what's i mean their home so, form has been awful yeah year. and they don't have any fans which makes it hard you know they won't have the same vibe i'm gonna look i am not in any kind of position to judge whether Klopp is a good footballing manager. He just won the league and he just won the Champions League. So I can't sit here and turn around and say he's shit. He's not shit, but he's rigid. And yeah. if I'm allowed to have an opinion, I would say that he is probably too rigid. And that will get to a point where we'll always trip him up. Do we say that about Guardiola uh, too? No, because... <laughs> Are all the best, Matt? Uh, Fergie? Like... No, I'd, I'd, I'd argue that Fergie had probably three or four different iterations of, of Manchester United that played slightly differently. And and I'd say that Guardiola this yeah, year true. has played a different type of football than he played last year and the year before. And he realised last year he was that far behind Liverpool that actually he needed to change, he needed to adapt. And what and what Man City have done this year... Well, and COVID, I think, was a... Yeah, it's, it's a different football. But yeah, but yeah. precisely, he's yeah. changed his football. Whether it be COVID or losing, he's changed his football. And Klopp replaces players in the same system and tries to shoehorn players in that same system. And he's he's probably too rigid. It's a very successful type of football. It's brilliant to watch. But if you're going to be a, a long-serving, successful, top-of-your-game football manager, you do need to be a bit more Which Klopp's fluid. never done. Like he's kind of... You know, he's had, obviously had success, and he's it's had a lot of success, a, you know. You know, but it's generally been one out of the bag. I mean, maybe you could say that's changed at Liverpool because they obviously had an incredible season, but didn't mm. league because Man City's was so it's been, you know. But you had the same team, two. played the same team for yeah. two years, and if you want to, um, if he wants to be an Ancelotti, and I say that by like, if he wants to be in his. 60s and still doing it, it. Back to Everton. but, but not, not even from an Everton perspective he yeah. wants to be an Ancelotti instead of a Mourinho yeah do, do you know what I mean yeah like if he, he's going to need to change the way he plays football adapt to his players and not have his players adapt to his system and try and find the best solutions for the players he can put on the pitch and there are coaches like Mourinho who are so far the other way who are it's Mourinho's way or it's the player's fault you know yeah. And Klopp is in danger of slotting closer to the Mourinho style than the Ancelotti style. Um, I'm still not convinced by Madrid, and I haven't been convinced by Madrid for a long time, even though they keep winning things. Zidane loves Champions League, though. Yeah, and why? Why wouldn't and, you back him? Yeah, I mean they've got a massive game. This is El Clasico this weekend, and they're both. Um, three points off yeah, Athletic it's great so. um, we've got to move on because it's uh, got, to, got to finish up but I wanted to talk about um, Haaland yeah because and not because everyone's talking about Haaland you see this thing with Mio Riola like giving him giving his dad a tour around Europe he went to see Madrid and Barcelona and went to London to meet all those clubs you see all this did he go to Manchester as well well yeah because they were playing in Manchester of course. yeah yeah no did, I did didn't you see I, I think Riola's a piece of shit Riola is just like the worst when he human. came out and have you seen did you see him having his whinge about the proposed regulation of agent yeah of course oh, yeah, yeah, God, such a cunt. Just... yeah um anyway so there have been like all of these photos of of riola and um harlan's dad alf um Alfingi. yeah getting off planes going into private meetings in private meeting rooms with barcelona and madrid chelsea and and um what a fucking showpiece pony that is like 
we live in a COVID world, okay? You can jump on a Zoom call. Yeah, like you don't have to get on a private jet, have reporters waiting at the airport when they know you're there to get your limo to bloody Barcelona to talk to the president to talk about a a, a, a possible transfer for your for your client. You are doing that to go on this grand European tour of of media hype that gets bigger and bigger. Which club is he going to go to? Which well, to the to, point to, to drive up the price. Hundred percent to the like point. He's that very he's a scumbag, but he's obviously very. It's successful a pantomime. He does. It's just it a complete yeah. pantomime. And of all of the times to 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 be like orchestrating this pantomime when no one can go anywhere, but me and Ariola can big. It's great. Fat airplane and, yeah. and just and just make a scene. Like it's no, it's possible. You know, it's possible to have a, a not. You know, Roger. You don't have private meetings with Real Madrid, but you know, Real Madrid can sign a player without anyone knowing. Of course, it's possible. Barcelona can sign a player without anyone knowing. They can go behind everyone's back and be like, "Well, what happened there? How did we not know that Coutinho was?" You know, that happens every year. Yeah. You don't have to walk in the front door off your private jet with a, with a whole group of press. The whole thing is gross. And I don't know if I was Harland, I wouldn't. I mean, he he's, but I kind of. I mean, and all the best players tend to have that bit of arrogance. I think he's got enough arrogance that he'd probably shrug it off and embrace mm. it a bit. Do you just know fuck them I mean? all he and get leads. No, I would love it. Wouldn't it be so good if he just he went? Do that? I don't think. I would love it if he was just like, no, nah, screw this. I'm off to Leeds. I mean, he I'm sick of this. Uh, he got an assist this morning. It's probably a decent result for Dortmund. They're still in it. Bellingham was great in this game. He was great, yeah. Uh, his little shimmy. Um, oh yeah, he suddenly found himself in space. Yeah, for for the goal, yeah. I thought it was so good. But yeah, it was you know it's exciting to see. He's seventeen, like he's you know he's on big stage, and he definitely you know belongs. Like mm. I thought he was he was excellent. Um, is have we got time to talk about the? refereeing incident no no we don't okay. just if you want to know all about it we've asked uh, our friends from ref coach to explain it on shedders and volleys and i think they did a much better job than we could do so even we'll, if we'll I leave don't it necessarily even agree. If, but <laughs> the, be- the beauty of refereeing decisions roger is, is that they do not require your agreement for them to still stand no but that doesn't necessarily mean they're right either no no of course i i, I get but you i um, i i agree with you jeff but it's um uh oh, we didn't get to talk about bloody cheat in man united either this is no. um john's not here and we didn't even get well, to talk well, we'll about move it. on to side stories anything for this week Rog? uh no what have you got oh the last one is um oh, i keep thinking of gross things this week so i keep, <laughs> keep coming across the, i guess Good it's thing to been, finish on been one of those weeks you seen that tim cahill is the is the qatar one of the qatar world cup ambassadors no so i've been wondering i follow tim cahill on instagram right and i wonder why like he's suddenly just like knocking about in the middle east with with shakes and and like talking about development football and whatever i'm like so i, st- I started looking into it I'm like wow so fifa have announced that tim cahill is an ambassador for the qatari world cup so who's been paid by qatar or fifa qatar 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 the country are paying their sports washing they're paying people from different locations and the and i'm not saying tim cahill is an innocent party quite the opposite he's he's taking the check mm. To walk around the world and go, 
oh, is it, actually, this country's not so bad. They're just misunderstood. Isn't, isn't it great? What what I what I get to do is I get to make sure that they put the money in the right places. And I'm, I, I single-handedly just monitor all of their workers' rights <laughs> and just make sure that everyone's safe and well and they've all got food and a roof over their head. I'm Tim Cahill. I'm like, actually, piss off, Tim. That's yeah, crap. I love yeah, you, and that's crap. It's a bit gross. Are, and, are there any other players you know of? Yeah, Zavi. Okay. Um, and there's one other. There's one other I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's gross, and stop it. <laughs> but it, it's all, all part of the World Cup, I suppose, and I think that's what makes it even more gross. And it, it's FIFA, really. Yeah. I mean, it just... But I... I you know, I I agree, and I mean, but I do think Qatar will be interesting because I, from the conversations I've had with a lot of people about Qatar, there is a line, and it's probably I, I think crossed, that Qatar yeah. is yeah is a lot a lot of people's line, and and so I mean I'd be interested to see whether that's well, not Tim Cale's line. It's quite the opposite. Mm. Quite the opposite. Okay, that's the that's it from me. No, nothing else from you, Rog. No. Well, um, hopefully we'll be back soon with the full accompaniment. Now, what does John say here? He goes, it's nice to be back in the shed. If you share it with your mates and email us and <laughs> join us on our Facebook and... Help, John, come st- back other, other stuff like this. And sorry, I don't have the outro because I can't work it out. So it's been great to be back in the shed. You, you're not, you haven't got a jingle? No. Oh, what, how's it go? Is it like that? Football shed, football shed, football shed. See you, everyone. Bye.